welcome to this podcast is for nerds an unreal podcast to bring together all nerds of all topics from everywhere from anime music tv shows which count as anime and just random things that trail off like this which counts as nerdiness <laughs> that was beautifully said Zach. thank you i am zach and you're enjoying me with my beautifully nerdy co-host slash partner slash Fellow nerd, Calvin Tuttle. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the beautiful part. I don't think I deserve that. But um, all right. So uh, this podcast is called "This Podcast Is for Nerds." Now, Zach, what do you think a nerd is? A nerd is someone you can always rely on for reliable discussion, never-ending reliable discussion. That is what a nerd stands for. That is the acronym I've adopted for nerds. It's not necessarily, you know, it's funny because being a nerd has become a cool thing over the last 15 years. For some reason, not sure, I'm I'm not against it, but things I used to be picked on for in elementary school and middle school are now the hip things that people want to get into. Agreed, I had a similar experience (laughs) growing up. So a nerd for me is someone who loves something so much that they can literally talk about it for days. They know the facts, they know the dates, they know the times, they know the people, and they can are more than willing to jump into it with you at the drop of a hat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is a nerd to you? Um, so I think it's similar vein. Um, I think a nerd is somebody that has a profound passion for a certain topic. Um, like you said, I think for us growing up, it might have been music. Uh, pop culture in general um, and I think stereotypically maybe comic books superheroes that type of stuff um, but yeah this podcast is basically going to be a nerdy podcast each week um, we're each going to bring a topic of discussion that can uh, kind of derail I'm sure <laughs> knowing how we talk um, yeah, so we're on social media. You can find us at This Pod is for Nerds on Instagram. We post on stories and uh, photos for when an episode's being recorded and when, when one gets uploaded. We're also there on SoundCloud. And uh, we're at This Pod is the number four nerds on Twitter. Um, same stuff. We're going to post when an episode's coming out. And if we get a following, maybe we'll, uh, we'll ask for questions there. Um, you can find us at thispodisfornerds.com where we'll be hosting the uh, episodes. You can listen to them there or on SoundCloud, um, as well as YouTube. We'll have, uh, we'll have full episodes there. So, yeah, we really are excited to do this. This is something that I've been wanting to do for quite some time, and I was nervous about it because, you know, I've brought it up before, and I bring a lot of energy to things all the time. <laughs> As, uh, you do, you do. People who know me know. Yeah, and uh, you have BDE. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yep, I'll leave it at that. That's the that's the popular card in uh, Cards Against Humanity as well. It is. You're right. And Which coat is... hanger abortion. <laughs> Might have to censor that one. <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> just put a, put the actual like censor bar yeah. noise in. Yeah. Be like, what did he mean? What did he say? Um, and so, like, when I presented this to Calvin, he reacted with, like, a light had come over him, and I was very excited about that. So here we are. Our first topic in our nerdy discussion comes from Mr. Cal... Should we not use our last names? We already did at the top, so I can, yeah. I can just cut out last names, and we can just do first, if you want. I'm not sure, actually. I don't think it matters. Um, I don't... I mean, there's no... I don't plan on talking about anything that I would feel uncomfortable having work know about. Okay, me either. It's up to you. I don't, yeah. I don't mind either, honestly. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, you can, I mean, you can use my, my last name, name on my Instagram, so. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, yeah. Wild Calvin T. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with, we'll do letters, so. Wild Calvin Zach T. Zach VB. Ooh, ooh. All right, uh, start from the top. Yep. So. Today's first nerdy conversation starter comes from Wild Calvin T. Tell me what you brought for us today to discuss. All right. Well, um, so I'm a big fan of video games, and um, there's some hot news that just got released yesterday um, that's surrounding uh, the disastrous virus, coronavirus. (laughs) Um, 
It is uh, the E3, uh, which is the Entertainment Entertainment Electronics Expo. I think that's what it stands for. Um, yeah. Um, they just announced that they are going to be canceling due to concerns around COVID-19. Um, so I just kind of wanted to talk about that. I think it's uh, E3 is a big monumental event every year for video gaming. And um, the fact that they're canceling, I think this is the first time they've ever canceled the event before. So I think it's a worthy discussion to have because it has big impacts on uh, small developers of video games. Not so much the big guys, but I just thought that'd be a worthy conversation. So um, I'm just going to go over some stuff real quickly. Um, this is from Ars Technica. They broke the story um, on Monday night. Uh, multiple sources familiar with the Entertainment Software Association, ESA, plans to confirm to Ars Technica that the organization which is responsible for the Electronic Entertainment Expo will soon cancel the three-day event. Like in prior years, E3 2020 was scheduled to play out in early June as a three-day event at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Shortly after we received the tip, indie game developed Indie game publisher Devolver Digital posted a brief ominous message on Twitter which said, cancel your E3 flights and hotels, y'all. Um, so Tuesday morning, um, E3 made a tweet announcement saying, after careful, consideration, after careful consultation with member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our longtime E3 partners, we have made the difficult decision to cancel E3 2020, scheduled for June 9th through the 11th in Los Angeles. Um, so yeah. So do you have any experience or do you have a history with E3 at all? Did you follow it when it came out every year? Yes. Like, that's what I looked forward to. Okay. And it's one yeah. of those things that outside of, like, cars and being able to drive on racetracks and test out... Being one of those guys on YouTube who's like, hey, I got invited to come drive this car and get my review. E3 was the thing I wanted to go through in high school. Like, yeah. that was the jam. And being able to see, especially with YouTube streamers who got, like, access to play games that I didn't have systems for, I looked forward to that. Yeah. And the fact that it's not happening is one of those things that, I mean, amidst all the things that are happening with COVID-19, it's one of those things where it's like, man, this is further reaching than I anticipated it being. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit off camera. <laughs> We're entirely off camera. <laughs> is how this is the first time I can remember where multiple countries and entities are all coming together to say, you know, we need to take care of the people and we need to shut stuff down to make sure everyone is like not exposed to this or minimizes the exposure to this. Yeah, that no, was I agree. different. What is one of the things that you were most excited about? Have you been to E3? No, so I think that kind of gets into maybe our original love of E3 was like when it first came out, it was just a trade expo. Like you couldn't go. Right. Like it was only for press, so you'd you'd watch it, so you could see all the hot games that are coming out. And I, I still every year um, I set aside time with my wife and we pick which which showcases we're going to watch. Usually it's Bethesda. Um, so yeah, I um, I've never been, um, but it, it was certainly something I've always wanted to go to. I think now it's kind of like it's lost. Maybe it's cool um, because it's kind of like comic-con almost like it's not even about what it originally was was for um it's not really about press um so yeah i uh i you know this year i was really hoping to see like ps5 prices and and again you know as far as this year goes playstation wasn't even going to be there they're doing their own thing now and i think that's a thing we're seeing more with the big companies like nintendo does their nintendo directs they're not at e3 doing something um xbox was the only one that was confirmed to be there so um i was hoping maybe we could see the xbox series x pricing um i think that would be really cool i'm, I'm pretty excited for it but i'm probably not going to get it when it comes out this year and honestly with covid19 a lot of these consoles might be delayed so yeah i didn't have any major games that i was like, super pumped on maybe the new halo i'm sure they would have had some gameplay for that and i'm sure they will um but yeah, my, my bigger concern was for the indie devs that get to show off their game and might not have gotten any attention um, otherwise. 
So there's a game right now that I've I've been following pretty closely. It's still in early access, but I could see it being one of those games like it's shown at E3 it was a session. It's um it's basically the follow-up. It's a totally different company, but it's the same vein as the skate video game series. I don't know if you ever played those. I did a little bit. I think by the time the skate series came out, <laughs> I was so uh trained by tony hawk oh sure that yeah. it was really hard for me to play skate <laughs> yeah it's a hard transition because tony hawk i think we all started with that or skate or die whatever you started with but similar ideas is like it's an arcadey game and skates more down to earth you're not doing 900s in, in skate <laughs> unless you're on the mega ramp or the whatever Mick twist 900 if you know yeah. what that came from if you know which tony hawk game that came from then you should send me a message and i will I'll send you a thumbs up picture of congratulations. You know which I will hold which one that came to. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that was a that was a worthy discussion. Is there anything you were looking forward to as far as uh, announcements? You know, I'm always really excited about when E3 comes out, regardless, just because there's a lot of games that fall through the loops just like they either have a big like dragon age was supposed to come out a couple years ago right and it was got like looked beautiful had all this hype and then like it kind of just got quiet and just got pushed away yeah so i'm always curious to see not just what comes out and what's ready to party but what <laughs> comes through and is like this is going to be really good and this is going to have a follow-through date what i am curious about as well is you mentioned indie gamers and or sorry indie games and their ability to shine at E3 which path some of these companies are going to take which ones some of the bigger guys are going to help promote themselves because it's good for their platform yeah and which ones are going to be like look we know we have a great product we have an outlet because the internet is half online anyway right exactly i think most people are watching e3 online anyway so how right. hard is it for a big company to rent a theater and just stream and not have to have all these people come in in person to announce these games yeah that's an excellent point so yeah i'm, I'm really curious about you know in all in all sizes of what COVID is doing to all industries it, <sighs> We're resilient. We're going to bounce. We're going to bounce back. Sure, yeah. Always I think do. people are freaking out about the stock market, but like, yeah, it's going to come back just like it did in 2008. Yeah. So not minimizing the effect or the real scenarios that COVID presents. I'm stoked for E3. One of my favorite streamers, the Rad Brad. I've been watching the Rad Brad since... Who? Since... Saints Row 4. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Saints Row 4 is a great game if you've not played it. Yeah. He's one of my favorite streamers. And he's the, he basically said, he goes, you know, I really enjoy being able to, like, do this for people who can never afford to buy these games. Yeah. Or just to try them out before you buy them because you may not actually want to buy them. Sure, yeah. Well, yeah, getting back to Tony Hawk, I mean, I think a lot of people bought Tony Hawk 5 with the assumption that it was going to go be back to form. And then I think a lot of Let's Plays came out and people saw how broken the game was i think what was the one with tony hawk because it was wasn't five i think it was project eight that got me yeah. that's the one that i played and i was like you know when the simpsons fired all the writing staff and yeah. then it was like oh we're gonna keep going on but we need to fight against family guys so we're gonna get more ridiculous and not really have any kind of anything simpsons-y yeah they upped the graphics and like downed everything else yeah well <laughs> <laughs> See, we're already devolving. <laughs> like, we're way off topic. But man, the, did you play Tony Hawk Ride? I see. I think that was that was after Project Eight, wasn't it? It was. Uh, I think it was. It was just after Project Eight. It was a peripheral that you had to buy. It was a little skateboard <laughs> that had no wheels oh, and it I used sensors. <laughs> I I owned it at one point, and uh, man, that game is trash. I didn't buy that because I'm a bigger guy, and any kind of board I have to stand on to play a game, I'm gonna break immediately. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think that and like even the Dance Dance Revolution pads. I was like. The only thing I played on that was actually supportive of my weight was Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah. Because being a German Guitar Hero didn't matter. Right, exactly. The Slam one thing I sucked at Guitar Hero was that I actually play instruments. So trying to play Guitar Hero and do exactly what it tells you versus like being in a jam band and playing whatever you want, <laughs> right, exactly. I always lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to get back to the streamers, because I think that's an important part of this conversation, is that for a lot of online personalities this event is actually a big 
big win for them. They get a lot of views when they cover this content. So they'll, you know, they're going to announce stuff and people will do reaction videos or they'll, they'll have discussions with their fans. And that, 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 that has a big uptick for the video game streamers during this time of year. So I think they're another one to consider besides the indie game devs is they're going to be struggling a little bit too. So, yeah, I agree. I, I wonder too, I, I like to solve problems. So I wonder, cause this isn't my industry, what they're going to do in light of the cancellation. Cause you'll have people who will be like, okay, this sucks, but here's what we can do. Yeah. And I'm curious to see, what ideas come out of that to make the best of a really bad situation yeah so i think um and that's that's a good good jumping off point i think we need to go like what's the future like is e3 dead after this what are they going to do this year um so you know playstation and nintendo they're all doing their own thing anyways so they're just going to keep doing that because this isn't really going to affect them Companies like Microsoft, they might be a little bit affected. I mean, I know they, they just rent out the Microsoft Theater, um, so I think they just have to pay for maybe streaming. I'm not sure exactly how that works. I'm not in industry. Um, but I think it would be super smart for one of these companies, and since Xbox is kind of the underdog this generation, I think it'd be really smart to include an indie showcase, maybe bring some of the like hot indie games that are gonna be coming out this year and next year and giving them a chance to show off their games. So that would be that would be great. Especially because I don't know about the PlayStation network, but I do know that at the Xbox game store is where a lot of indie games tend it seems like it tends to drive. Yeah. And I'm an Xbox player. I've had the three sixty and I've had the one I have the one it seems like that's where you get a lot of indie games get a chance to be on a major platform is through the Microsoft store. Yeah. So that'd yeah. be really beneficial for them to be like, Hey, you're already partnered with us. We can like help you guys. Right. Push through. Yeah. And I think, you know, if they, if they bring in some indie devs and they see how well the reaction is of their game, maybe they can set up, you know, backdoor deals with their game pass service. If you guys don't know game pass is a service. I think it's, Um, I pay $15 a month, you get access to a big catalog of video games on the PlayStation, or on the Xbox and the PC, Um, so to me it seems like that would be a good opportunity for them to add more games to the Game Pass lineup. And what it does for the industry, I think, as well, is that it lets people know, you know, even though you're an indie game developer or game dev company, you're still important to us. Right. You still have a way to get out there, and we're not going to just let you fall because you're not a giant. Right. Exactly. And that's where I mean, because we're at the we're at the point of like what we're at Halo Five. Yeah. We're at Destiny. Halo Infinite. Let's, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, the point is, is we we have over five Halo theme games. Oh yeah. And so at that that generation of people, we have a whole new generation of game developers coming in who get to start with their ba- their bare platform will be the engine off of the xbox one or the xbox what's the next one called uh it is xbox series x okay so yeah that's their base platform you know we well the, the nice thing is that all games that are made on the xbox one and xbox one x and xbox one s i think they are all compatible with this new one Oh. So I don't know if there's some dev work that has to happen behind the scenes to make that work, but they have announced that all games will be transferable to this new one. So. Well, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> and then, and that to me, that's what's setting Xbox apart right now. Um, I totally understand people's love of PlayStation. I think they certainly have a better single-player lineup than the Xbox, but I think Xbox is making a lot of good moves as far as the Game Pass program and backwards compatibility which i think are huge i think it's funny too that when xbox came out originally they were straight up the underdogs no one thought anything of the xbox and then all of a sudden you get the ability to do not just multiplayer but like online multiplayer like halo and call of duty just grab the broom and just sweat (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and those are my fondest memories of hanging out with my friends going up against you know going uh <laughs> oh man the eight by eight fights swords and shotties that was in halo oh my gosh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. shotty snipes was my uh, was my go-to i was a big fan of that i think juggernaut was like juggernaut plus king of the hill 
What was the juggernaut? That was the. If you get enough kills, you become basically this dude with a crazy overshield and only the sword. Oh, and then but, everyone hunts you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a really good one. <laughs> and it sucked too because you think to yourself, "I'm the juggernaut. I've got these kills. I'm going after everybody." But then, like, someone gets you just in that right spot, and you're done. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and then they become the juggernaut, and it's like, I remember one time I didn't want to be the juggernaut because I was like trying to like, I forgot what my strategy was but i was like i don't want to be the juggernaut because i really like the weapon i have i think it's when they had hammers and swords yeah and <laughs> i got somebody this is you're the juggernaut I, was like, I don't know how to play with this guy i don't want to use this guy yeah this is nonsense um yeah i hated yeah. the hammer and halo <laughs> it's me and the sticky bombs dude like if you give me those sticky those sticky oh, bombs, yeah. it's over oh like, i was op with those man we gotta we gotta play sometime <laughs> i'm down I am down to play Halo against anybody who wants to bring it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give out your gamer tag and then people. Oh can man, play. my gamer tag. Ooh, what is my gamer tag right now? Black Metal Zach. It's my gamer tag actually. Okay. Same one since. Same one since day one actually. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've changed mine around quite a bit. I think it was originally um, Al Roker fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I came up with that. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad because you're the only one. I can't think of anybody else who's an Al Roker fanboy. I'm not at all, but it was it was a joke. Uh-huh. I could see, yeah, I could see young Calvin in his formative years watching Good Morning America. I think that's right. Yeah, Here's just going. You know what? This guy needs fans. Is huh? it the Today Show? Maybe. Or is it Good Morning? That might be Good Morning. That goes to show how little I know about Al Roker. Yeah, no, same. Yeah, I, I knew he was a weatherman. And, uh, yeah, now it's uh, the Calzone. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The Calzone and the Traveling Calzone. I think my favorite version of the Calzone was the Traveling one where you were in Spain. And oh, yeah. you yeah. were like, I El, forgot what you El changed. Calzone via Hondo. <laughs> Is, there uh, we go. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much any country I go to, I change the traveling calzone to whatever language um, based on the country I'm in. So I did see the one from Thailand, though. Oh. I don't know if you did that one. Um, let me pull up Google Translate right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, we we learned a little bit when we were in Thailand, but not enough to to do that. That's a new thing that I'm doing right now. So I like that. I like that strategy a lot. Because I remember one day I was trying to tag you in something, and I was like, his name is gone. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. I know he exists, and I like found your like message. I was like, oh, but uh, El Cola's I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's it. all right. Yeah. And then the next time I went looking for that name, it wasn't there because you came home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My nerdy topic for us actually plays off of what we talked about a little bit. It's also video game related. Excellent. But it's music in video games related. Hello. Yeah. I. Uh, I love music. I really do. Maybe like we should go into our, our music taste. Oh, okay. So, my musical taste... <laughs> um, I didn't have musical taste at all until sixth grade. And I just never felt like I really understood what music I should be listening to based on my environment. Didn't really vibe with any of it. And then, in sixth grade, lo and behold, near the bungalows outside of class... The Skater Kids showed me a band called Blink-182. We all love them. Blink-182 was the first band I listened to. It was Enema of the State, and <laughs> that created a spiral, just like my weight of getting darker and heavier. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you listen to now, Zach? Ooh, I listen to a lot of hardcore thrash and old punk okay are we talking post hardcore or real hardcore i'm in i'm you know what i'm down with both okay i'm down with college hardcore i've heard so many different names of it like <laughs> college hardcore i'm not familiar who would uh who would qualify it? that uh college hardcore it, basically any band that says they're post hardcore it's now like, yeah is it like a time period thing it's more so like kids who were into like hardcore in the 90s and then went to college Oh, okay. And decided to like keep their tattoos, but started wearing polo shirts because they had to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just got tattoo sleeves that are just covered up by a polo. Pretty much. So like, I have a Madball tattoo on my right arm. Madball is one of my favorite hardcore bands. And then you have Bane and Have Heart. So like old eighties, nineties hardcore. Um, and they're still doing stuff now, right? Yeah, Madball's yeah. alive and well. Yeah. Shout out to Madball. Thank you for keeping it up, New York hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> um heavier bands i mean 
still a big fan of Pantera. Uh, still, you know, thrash, metal, punk, hardcore. And it's funny because I played orchestra in high school. So I have a lot of classical music. Like, like my whole Spotify history, I'll never be the top 1% of anything. Because it'll go from, like, Pantera, Sepultura, Trapped Under Ice. No, oh, nice. Yeah, to, yeah. like... Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad because you know I've been seeing people post about how they're the top one percent on Spotify. Yeah, and I'm not that for anybody. I, yeah, I was looking. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be top one. I was like, no, I won't. I yeah, just... I'm looking at my hottest bands that I listen to all the time, and it's still not even close because I just bounce around so much. The playlist I have, one of them I was laughing at because it goes from Pat Benatar to Burner to Stevie Nicks. To Tupac. Oh, Tupac. Okay. (laughs) Because I found one thing I found a love for is music that samples older stuff. And so you get a lot of that in like the G Funk era and early Dr. Dre and Snoop, where they like sampled a lot of like Parliament Funkadelic and a lot of 70s and 80s music. So, yeah, shout out to Parliament Funkadelic. Oh, man. George Clinton. Yeah, love it. There's actually, so without giving out our location, I don't want to dox myself, but um, (laughs) we live close to a park that is called, I think, George Clinton Park, which is named after him. Is it really? Yeah. Well, that's the rumor. I don't know if that's actually true. No, we're claiming it. That's exactly what happened. Well, yeah. We're in the area for him so it makes it makes sense but to be fair to be fair you can get a lot of like george clinton park people be like googling and uh, the two people who are listening to this podcast right now (laughs) maybe like our friends yeah Yeah. they'll be like we know where you live why are you talking about this (laughs) we might get fans one day we will have fans one day maybe you know what with your beautiful blue eyes and my dulcet tones that no one can see oh well you know he has gorgeous blue eyes so deal with it um <laughs> what are some of your musical tastes um so i bounce around a lot um i, th- I think everyone kind of went through like what you're saying is like you don't really have a music taste until you're kind of in your preteens kind of era um so like when i was growing up my mom would play a lot of the beatles which i still love the beatles are fantastic obviously they're one of the best of all time um and then green day which i've been told i look like the green day guy a lot um i don't know never once thought that but okay all right oh good oh good yeah because it like everybody says that to me when i first met you i did think you were a giant scene kid though well i was yeah Yeah, so we'll get into that (laughs) um so the first like band that i discovered or the first band where i felt like oh this is like this is going to be my identity was um was tool i remember listening yeah so i remember my dad pulled out a cd this was like the first time he was kind of like introducing me to music he was like you need to listen to this album and uh he's got these really nice bose speakers and uh he plays sober by tool and when that first like guitar riff comes in with the distortion i was just like oh yeah this is this is what i'm into like i listened to a lot of classic rock before that like you know deep purple and acdc and stuff like that but i felt like oh this is the music i want to listen to and um it kind of it grew from there um i dated a girl in high school that was super into scene music so i got really into the <laughs> the scene music scene. did you listen to head automatica yeah well Are i was you listening beating to hearts baby oh no baby is this love for real <laughs> i don't even know that's the only thing i remember about this song beating hearts baby baby is this love for real tell me up your hottest way back when you could like go try to go falsetto and then crack your voice like oh yeah routine, there was a few that tried thing. to do that uh craig mabbit i think that that <laughs> So I looked like then I was listening to like Escape the Fate, The Word Alive. Um, um, what was the band that did uh, Things That Ran with Orange? Things uh, That Ran What? There, there was a hardcore band that had a song that was I think was titled Things That Ran with Orange. They did a song with Smosh. It was very weird. It's so it's kind of funny because you mentioned those bands, and those are not bands that were acceptable to be into when you went to shows that i went to oh no yeah i think i think if we i think if we met each other when i was in high school and you were i don't know how much older you are than me uh i don't know how old are you i'm 27 you're about to be 30 we're three years apart yeah okay so we yeah if we met in high school i don't think we would have hung out well okay i'll clarify this one probably we would have but i think (laughs) 
you would show me good music. I, yeah, that's what it would be. <laughs> and then it would be like, you probably would be one of those guys who would like look at me and be like, huh, whatever. And then like, I'd be even more pissed about that. Oh, yeah. And then like, if I saw you at a show, like I would, since I knew you going into the show, I wouldn't let you get hurt. Yeah. But if you shuffled, Oh, I would never. I was never a shuffle. You deserve to get speared. No, because I am. I am too socially anxious to ever try and bring attention to myself. So I never danced at these shows. Yeah, I was the big guy who like didn't have much stamina. So we're getting in the pit and we're having a great time. And you know, I will say this too: like the etiquette for the pit was that your your intent is not to hit somebody. But you're going to hit somebody. Yeah, it's you're just going to the get consequence hit. of being in the pit. But if you if someone falls, you pick them up. That was like course, what yeah. I was raised with. That was like yeah. the guys who were in their 30s going and listening to Bane mm-hmm. and doing circle pits. If you tripped and fell, you didn't stomp someone out. You picked them up. No. And in my experience with the scene uh, group, that was, that was the same thing. I don't know if that was exactly, you know, I don't know if that was universal, but in my experience it was. It was um, it was universal unless you were like a, one of those metalheads and you went to those shows that were actually wore spike bracelets and your intent was to get yeah them. oh I, I remember those jerks that would do like the blind swing oh. and stuff with the intent to hit somebody cradle of filth fans oh yeah that's accurate <laughs> yeah that's fair um, but now I've transitioned out of that I am actually I guess if I had to pick like one genre that I listen to mostly it's like electronic music so I'm a big fan of uh, Porter Robinson his new album he's been releasing some stuff that i'm really into um and then detroit representation i'm a big grizz fan i think he's bringing funk into electronic music in a great way so yeah that's what i'm listening to right now i've heard a lot about grizz recently a co-worker of mine really likes grizz um personally i have diversified what i listen to just as a musician ish because i kind of still play music yeah but at my core i am still just as punk and dark and metal as possible like you get me in you oh boy oh boy you put on some loud music and dumping in my car like it's on it maybe we'll play like a five second clip right here of some heavy shit that zach would listen to (laughs) yes Uh, editor's note please edit Uh, that we're at 40 minutes okay (laughs) (laughs) um i will say that in addition to enema of the state so we're talking about video games and yeah we need to we need to circle back back. (laughs) (laughs) oh oh (laughs) delete that at 40 22 The Tony Hawk Pro, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series, was what really solidified what music I was going to listen to. For, I mean, it's been I played that game at first when I was twelve, and I'm about to be thirty. Yeah. So the first game came out in I think 1999. So was it 99 or 93? The, the first one came out I think in 99. You're right. It had to be 1999. I'll fact check that. But um, go 93 ahead. was only Sega, so there's no way like or Nintendo Super Nintendo. So yeah, it had to be 99. PlayStation yeah. One. Yeah, it was wow. a PlayStation One game. Do you yeah, guys even know that PlayStation used to be just gray and oh, had yeah. multiple discs? And you needed memory cards. And yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> oh, dude. I, <laughs> I had two memory cards for my PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2. I would just have, like, backup saves just in case. Oh, dude. Did you ever have to deal with the... You wanted to save something that you'd worked so hard to get, but you had to delete something else. Oh, yeah. Order, and you just had to sit there and make Sophie's Choice and be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had 300 hours in Final Fantasy X. That, uh, oh, man. Yeah, it was pretty wild. But I was, I was, I moved on beyond that game, so I, I felt comfortable uh, deleting that save file. <laughs> For me, it was Dragon Ball Z Budokai 1. Fucking weeb. <laughs> Big time. Oh, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z punk metal and thrash are basically the things that stuck around through my formative years um yeah but tony hunt pro skater for sure introduced me to bands like goldfinger oh yeah um the adolescence um and really i didn't even realize that this was on purpose from his standpoint was to be able to bring these bands that we all know now as being big bands yeah that was just like his way of like helping them out and getting like into the world and i was like Wait, that was on. Not only was that on purpose and awesome, but it was also like to think of those bands as being small. Oh, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you don't you don't realize that these bands were nothing until you listen to them. And I was just listening to a podcast or a, a YouTube video about the history of the Tony Hawk games, and they were going over that how Tony Hawk 
he wanted to introduce kids to this like music that all skaters were listening to um yeah i mean the tony hawk one and two soundtracks are just like perfect and i i I even will go as far as to say the last tony hawk game that i really i apologize edit that out at 42:55 as i go ahead and silence my work <laughs> we don't do work here. We don't do work here. That's a great answer to the podcast. <laughs> make that our tagline. We can make that just the episode title. Um, <laughs> we don't do work here. <laughs> um, I can say for a fact that my the last game I enjoyed from Tony Hawk was American Wasteland. Oh, okay. And I still have music like that whole that whole soundtrack i have on my spotify as a saved playlist oh really yeah because it had awesome covers there was thrice there was um uh go ahead and edit i'm gonna go pull this up right now so please edit this out okay i was gonna pull up tony hawk pro skater 2 soundtrack too The magic of editing is fantastic. I will give you extra beer because you, you decided to undertake this. <laughs> That's very kind of you. <laughs> um, so I'll... Um, no, I'll let you go, and then I'll talk about the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 soundtrack. Okay, so yeah. Um, on the American Wasteland soundtrack, we had bands like Census Fail, Taking Back Sunday, My Chemical Romance, oh. and they were all doing covers of like established and awesome bands. So like My Chemical Romance covered Astro Zombies. Oh, that's awesome! And I was like, dude, this is amazing. And you know, you have Dropkick Murphys, Thrice, The Bled, Hot Snakes, Fallout Boy covered Gorilla Biscuits, oh, wow. which I thought was amazing because like that was a homage to like these old '80s punk bands that yeah. were thro- hardcore bands that were already like. This is what these guys grew up on. Yeah. So it helps like establish that furthering of that. I mean, we even have like Rise Against did Fix Me. Oh like, yeah. It was just great. And well, I let's think... not forget also Green Day's Holiday was in that video. Oh, that's right. You win the first vert competition, I think, and they play Holiday. And I just remember being a little kid in my oh God, I'm aging myself. In, <laughs> in my basement and just being like I had already heard the song, but hearing it in a video game, I was like this is the real fucking deal oh, right yeah. here. And yeah. I think the time... So I can appreciate graphics. I can appreciate dialogue, gameplay mechanics, all of that. What really sells me on a great game is the score. Because Absolutely. that can set the mood for the game or destroy it. Like, yeah. I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. Skyrim is a great game, but the soundtrack, I literally put in the volume down and play my own music. Wow, that is a hot take, and we're going to lose every viewer right now. <laughs> but I respect the opinion. I respect the opinion. You know what it is? I don't want to be exploring... I don't like exploring a desolate wasteland with desolate soundtrack. Okay. All and, right, so let me pose this. What is your favorite video game original soundtrack? We'll get back to, to licensed music, but what's your favorite video game soundtrack? My favorite video game... Oh, I can throw mine out real quick while you're thinking. Yeah, go for it. Um, there's a video game on the PlayStation 3 and 4. It's called Journey. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful soundtrack, and I highly recommend everyone listen to it. It's on Spotify. Um, yeah. You know what? I'll have to say that if it's original score and this is regardless of game right oh of course yeah. okay yeah the game could be trash but if you like the soundtrack okay i'm gonna say um it's <laughs> gonna be the most i mean this podcast is for nerds so this no, of course <laughs> yeah yeah no um the soundtrack for dragon ball z budokai tenkaichi oh 3 <laughs> oh my god that's the original soundtrack and it's like it's pulsing, it's jumping, like, you know, it has, like, those bass lines, it's, and I'm gonna say this too, which is also very unpopular, Dragon Ball Z opinion. Okay. I don't like the, um, sub. Or the music I, for the sub. I don't sub. know that anyone, I, well, I think maybe our generation, I don't think anyone in our generation likes oh, the sub. Oh, there's people who say it, like, they, they do back Well, I know it. they're sub purists, but I feel like everyone in our generation, we found out about Dragon Ball because of Cartoon Network, right? Right. With the dub. So, like, for me, you know, the epic moments of, like, Goku going Super Saiyan 3, yeah. watching it. Um, in the sub I'm like uh, is he angrier I haven't listened to the sub mm, well I'll play it for you okay it's, we'll it's, do this offline maybe we'll we'll add it in here yeah <laughs> and then go against Sean Schimmel's version I'm pretty sure I'm butchering his last name that's fine um but 
Yeah, that's mine because that's one I've actually actively looked up aside from playing the game. So I haven't played the game in years, oh, okay. and I've heard a riff in my head. And how have you had that happen? When you hear a riff in your head or a drum beat, and you freak out because you can't find that oh, song. Drives me insane. <laughs> drives me insane. That's my one beef actually with electronic music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You I can't. can't. <laughs> it's all robots having an orgy. There's no. That's Horse the Band, my friend. Oh, I love Horse the Band. <laughs> That's oh, Robots having an origin. Let's just divert this podcast and talk about Horse the Band. Let's talk about Horse the Band fighting with a band of horses. Let's do that. Oh, I would pick Horse the Band over Band of Horses any day. Their bass player is insane. I would, too. I'm just saying I laugh about the fact that they got mad. Oh, did they? They were like, yeah, don't support this band. We're, we can't have the name first. Horse the band said this. Yeah. Oh wow! They I were didn't just know like, they were just there's, like, there's beef. Yeah. And then, in the <laughs> indie and what are they? I guess horse the band is like punk. I guess horse the band. I would say is punk electronica. Yeah. Similar okay. to how like Reggie and the Full Effect doesn't really have a genre. It just kind of yeah. like does what they it's gonna fine. do. Yeah. They they're gonna do what they're gonna do. And that, my friends, is why this podcast is for nerds, because we drift off. Yeah, we, start- we need to get back to video game <laughs> licensed music. So let me go over the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. <laughs> now, I think a lot of people like THPS 1, uh, the soundtrack, but I think 2 was like the defining soundtrack for the mm. game series. So we had... Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this one, but uh, <laughs> Blood Brothers by Papa Roach. I mean, they're a big band. I'm not a Papa Roach fan, but you know what? I will say that uh, "Wanna Be Loved" is a. It for some reason that song hits harder than I think it needs to, but it's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's the music video. Uh, the second one is "Bring the Noise" with Anthrax and Public Enemy, oh, which is man. a legendary song. I mean, it's like. It reminds me of the Aerosmith uh, Run DMC collab, very similar, yeah. but like my generation. <laughs> and I remember seeing Anthrax live three or four years ago, and they played that, and it was awesome. Um, Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine. Always a good one. Huge. That song is amazing. Really psyched that they're back together. Um, my favorite in the whole soundtrack, this might be controversial, I don't know. Um, because it's not Power Man 5000. <laughs> uh, it's You by Bad Religion. That was how I got into Bad Religion. They're awesome, and that You song is amazing. Can't say that's controversial, though. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's a popular one, but I, I assume most people like the Goldfinger, the uh, Power Man 5000 song. Well, I think that even if that's accurate, what's longstanding is Bad Religion itself. Yeah, I mean, they're still doing music. Yeah, yeah, and that's a band that I always find myself coming back to every couple months where I'm like, yeah. man, I haven't listened to 21st Century Digital Boy in a while. Yeah. And I do it, and all of a sudden I'm just like, bad religion everything for a month. Oh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. You just deep dive. They've got a great, um, I think the song is called The Kids Are Alt-Right. It's great. <laughs> Which is just like a great play. It's just like this song hey, is changing because the who did The Kids Are Alright. Right. And then... <laughs> The offspring did. The kids aren't all right, and now we got to continue the chain. Yeah, keep that going. Um, and then the other, the other big one would be the When Worlds Collide by Power Man Five Thousand, which is just insane. That's a great song. I think the one song that I create, if you had to pick one song that you credit Tony Hawk Pro Skater Games with introducing you to, what would it be? Like the most? Now you mentioned five great songs. Yeah. What's one that sticks out as definitively saying for you, this came because of Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Um, like what made the band, like this song being in this video game launched the band into... No, no, no. Like for you personally, when you hear this song or hear oh, reference yeah. to it, it well, makes like you what go, defines quintessentially Tony Hawk Pro Skater and no other, no other like influence on you but that game. Uh, I think it's the Goldfinger song probably. Okay. It's, um, yeah, I just remember, I have like fond memories of just like skating. I think it was in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 actually. And I fondly remember skating the school with that song going on. Nice. What about yourself? It's always Amoeba. 
by the adolescents. Which oh okay. It's all oh, that's the song I hear. I think that was Pro Skater Three. Let me uh, I'll confirm while you talk about how much you love this. And that song, every time I hear it, is like I want to go skate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it never is Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three. Yeah, I, I it's always I want to go skate. I want to go skate right now. Actually, you know, I'm gonna change my answer and oh, join oh. you in the Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three era because I forgot and I just saw them live two years ago and I only know them because of Tony Hawk Pro Skater it's uh, CKY oh the 96 man. Quite Better Beans which is also the I think the Viva La Bam theme song yeah because Bam's brother's the drummer for that band um, yeah that song I just remembered I would have that song on repeat because I think there was a point where you could pick the radio and I would just have that song repeat the whole time I was playing the game oh yeah you can get into it and you could take out um, you could take out songs to only yeah. have the ones looping that you wanted. Yeah. I think that's another great thing that games did when it came to music, licensed or otherwise. Well, you could pick your playlist. You didn't have to try and fight between, you know, setting the mood between a song you didn't want, especially with open world sandboxes. Like, yeah. um, actually, before we go to open world, so let's stay in the sports. Let's stay in the sports area. Yeah, yeah, they've um, got they've got really good soundtrack. SSX Tricky. Allowed oh, you, great, great. Yeah, allowed yeah. you to also like tab in and tab out of what you wanted to listen to. Yeah, and that was just a really fun game because it was like, I don't know, did you grow up with the ability to snowboard at all? Yeah, so we're in Michigan, so I had <clears throat> we had access to a, a few small mountains, nothing crazy. Um, I did a little bit, but you know, I was never doing like backflips or anything, right? Or riding rails <laughs> or anything like that. But man. Can we get a fucking snowboarding video game back in, like, that? I'm trying to remember. I guess SSX was the last one I played. There is a new version on Xbox. Oh, really? It's XSX Domination or Downhill or something like that. I played it. It's... (laughs) It's it's actually a pretty fun game. Yeah. It's... It wasn't tricky. And I get it. Like, it's not going to be tricky. It's been, like, 10 years. Right, yeah. But the things I loved about Tricky weren't there. Yeah. And it didn't make it a bad game. I still played through half of it. Yeah. But didn't hold my attention enough either. Right, okay. And, you know, being someone who came from not Michigan with the ability to surf (laughs) and snowboard the same day, which I didn't do because I didn't have money to do that. Sure. (laughs) Um... It was cool to be able to like be able to skate and also be able to snowboard. Yeah. And everything in between. <laughs> did you yeah. ever play any BMX games? Yeah, so I did the I think it came out around the same era as like when Tony Hawk was hot. Was the Dave Mira games, rest in peace Dave Mira. Oh yeah. Um I definitely played one of those. I don't know if they did multiple, but I remember vividly playing one of the games and um BMX just wasn't really my thing. I was a skateboarding kid growing up. Like I did, I did a lot of skateboarding. And it's, it's, I think I'm kind of like slowly getting back into it. So, did you did you play any of the BMX games? I didn't. I only played, um, like the BMX parts that were required on American Wasteland. Okay. Yeah, and I forgot they had kind of added that in. Yeah, and it was a very small segment where like, hey, you can go back to like being on a BMX bike. Yeah. But then, like, the rest of your missions revolved around you having a skateboard. Right. So it almost didn't matter. And <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did that with the, uh, I don't know if you played Tony Hawk Underground. It came out. I think oh, yeah. That was the one before. Yeah, they added, like, the driving mechanic with the cars, and it was just, tri- like, it was awful. I sketching. think they did a much better job. It was sketching. The- holding onto the back of the well, car. They, yeah, they had that, and they also had parts where you literally drove a vehicle. Oh, was, I do not remember that. It was, it was terrible. It was totally forgettable. I think they did a much better job with the uh, BMX. <laughs> Maybe I blocked it out. Yeah, that, that could be. <laughs> that is that is very much possible. Yeah, Thug 1 and Thug 2 were also amazing games, storyline-wise. Oh yeah. I, I think of all the Tony Hawk games, I think Tony Hawk Underground 1 is my favorite, just because... I think around, well, actually, I think it came out around Thug 2 was the um, Lords of Dogtown movie. I don't know if you ever watched that. Yeah, yeah, So they came out around the same time, I think. But um, I think Tony Hawk Underground, I must have been replaying it around the time I watched the Lords of Dogtown movie. 
and uh, the, I mean, just the story of like coming from nothing and like building your way up, and then your buddy Eric is just like such an <laughs> asshole. He's like completely sabotaging your ability. Oh, for those of us who played that game and remembered when, because Eric was like we. We started off, we got into skating because of Eric. Eric, we joined him. Yeah. And then well, he was like, hey, yeah, you yeah, can ride right. my coattails. That's fine. Yeah. And then we pulled off a sick twist. No. Yeah, I forget. There is like a special move you do. Yeah, it's the... Um, Big twist over the helicopter, wasn't it? Yeah, across the hotels. And he like steals that footage. Yeah. Like the rest of the game is you trying to get that footage back. Wasn't it? <laughs> okay. How long? How many times did you try to do that? Because that took me. Oh, tons! I, <laughs> my greatest video game accomplishment is I beat that entire game on sick difficulty. Wow! Yeah, that is like that is something I will never. And I'm actually, it's funny right now. I just got the emulator in my PC and I've been replaying it because <laughs> I love that game so much and the story's great. Yeah, but I remember because we were much younger when we were playing that game. I remember it probably took me. 30 minutes to get that trick over the helicopter and I'm sure they gave me some leeway like I wasn't oh, even close to the other <laughs> side of the like as long as you clear the helicopter you're good I think that yeah I was going to say that's what I remember one time my, cause my buddy and I were really competitive over that game but yeah. we would like take turns going back and forth between save files so we would like kind of compete even though it was obviously we're doing it in parallel and I remember one time I got the big twist, but I was too far away from the helicopter, so I fell and died. Oh no! And then like one time he was like, "Oh, you know, you're not gonna get it," and I got it, but the blade hit me, but the game still gave it to me. Oh really? <laughs> he was like, "What is happening right now?" You just have you a giant have gash in your skateboarder's body. <laughs> so for those of you who know that game, don't be like Eric. Yeah, don't be an Eric. Nobody likes an Eric. <laughs> Um, so yes, so Tony Hawk had a great soundtrack. What other games had great soundtracks for you? Like licensed. If we're going to license music, and that gets tricky now, especially because of how games are having artists actually contribute to their music and they're actually like making it licensed. Yeah, right. Um, I think I'm going to go with the one I enjoyed most recently as far as licensed music goes, that would have to be um, Saints Row 3. Okay. Because the different music you could play during the different radio stations, and I'm sure GTA did this also, but I played more Saints Row than I have GTA. Yeah. And I think it's also just because, like, once those two split and one became more goofy and nonsensical, another one became, like, more real life. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you know. that, that is the big divide between those games. Yeah, I, I think I enjoyed the soundtrack, and just and also it was the Adult Swim station from uh, Saints Row Three. And it was more so because of the the announcer on the radio station in between the cuts of songs, it was always just some nonsense. It was just this one guy, but he acted like you know he was talking to a bunch of different people, and it was just. <laughs> nonsense yeah it was hilarious yeah so deftones were on that game which great great band absolutely uh black keys mike snow um who else do we have let me find the adult swim soundtrack while uh... <laughs> the adult swim soundtrack is actually where i found how i found out about danger doom oh I think okay. that's what got it for me because i'm a huge fan of like when Toonami did their Black Hole Mega Mix, and they and DJ Clark Nova, who created Toonami, if I'm correct, I think I am, I hope I am, edit this out if I'm not correct. Um, <laughs> he actually did a lot of the mixing for some of the earlier albums that people for some reason didn't like because he mixed in some of like the voices from the cartoons into the mixes. Yeah. And some people who were like purists about electronic were like, well, it shouldn't have words or voices or whatever. <laughs> I thought it was cool to hear yeah. like Lupin the Third and Jigen talk in the middle of like the music or have Gohan power up and then go into some beat mix. I thought that was awesome because it was just like the yeah. tsunami, bu- the Adult Swim bumpers. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that music enough. is like yeah. so definitive. Like for my childhood, that is so definitive. Yeah. That's when I felt like I was actually like, man, I'm 13. I can watch Adult Swim now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, right. Yeah, they said a curse word in uh, anime. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, so we had uh, on the Adult Swim uh, radio station, we had Black Mountain, uh, Cerebral Palsy, Ballsy, sorry, Ballsy, <laughs> two L's, um, Cheeseburger, Danger Doom, Death Clock, huge Death Clock fan. Yep. Uh, Odd Future, wow, that seems like 
I guess that was like when they were hot was when the game came out. Yeah, I mean, in Odd Future, the song that I heard in that game was actually different than anything I'd heard from them before. Yeah. So I didn't actually know that they were like on the game, honestly. I had yeah. to like look up and see who this was when I heard it. Yeah. Again, I didn't really listen to a lot of like Odd Future, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Odd Future is a great group. Um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, um, <laughs> which is great. My name is Sula. Um, <clears throat> so we also had, um, I actually don't know this Tim and Eric song. It's a sports, sports bar remix. Oh, it's um, just them saying sports, and it's just like do 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 sports, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's really that's all great. it is. I actually turned that song off. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, waves. Yeah, it's a pretty solid soundtrack. I uh, I dig that a lot. What would you say if you had to if you had to pick one artist, one type of game, and one storyline? What would be your ideal mix? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, one artist is going to be tough. I think, I think I have to go with like Tony Hawk, like the open world Tony Hawk games are probably what I'm going to pick. And then artist, it's got to be like a, like a Dropkick Murphys or some kind of like punk band. I think maybe the offspring would be, yeah. And what, okay. Yeah. You actually answered all the questions. I'm going to change up a little bit. I'm going to go with open world, similar to Breath of the Wild. Okay. But did have a great soundtrack, but I would add maybe who what band would I put with open what, what band would I put with this? Opath. Let me get its theme just coming out to Yeah, Opeth. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think I would probably go with you know everything I do. I was just punk and hardcore. Yeah. Like open world. And you know what? We, admit we we forgot a game. We forgot a game that literally has everything to do with music. I was going to bring it up, but we were transitioning. <laughs> so, yeah, the, like Guitar Hero Rock Band series, is that what you're getting into? No. Oh. One that actually features a lot of, like, legendary rock stars. Oh, uh, it's the... Um, I know exactly what it is. Oh, I man. I see the their condition in your face. Yeah, the Jack Black game. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal Legend. Brutal Legend. Yeah, great game. Great game, yeah, great soundtrack. Me really funny premise honestly like yeah <laughs> yeah i love those guys um i forget the developer name but they do uh they do isn't it stuff. isn't it unreal engine or it was that, unreal? that's the engine they used i don't remember the uh the company that actually right made it. i'm not yeah i forgot but i was that was one i was actually like really stoked to see come back if they ever did one yeah i think i think they could it's uh so it's double fine uh okay they did the uh psychonauts series and they're working on the second one right now i feel like they've been working on it for like six years so the second what uh psychonauts game oh Um, right so i'm hoping maybe maybe they can pursue jack black and do a a brutal legend too because that would basically (laughs) they they have to do it now you know, because the people who starred in it, like Lemmy's not here anymore. Rest in peace. Yeah, we lost him, unfortunately. You know, we did have to do it now. Yeah, yeah, I remember that soundtrack is awesome. Three <laughs> inches of bloods on that. <laughs> we, as you can see, are at the very tippy top of the iceberg of what we can continue to talk about. But unfortunately, we're getting to the end of the podcast, and we actually have a special reservation for the end of this podcast because we both. I is foodie is foodie appropriate? We both like good food. Food, yeah, that's oh, a yeah. nerdy thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, we 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 like food. We like beer. We like coffee. We like tequila. I like tequila. <laughs> Calvin <laughs> likes tequila when I give it to him. Um, so we're gonna do a shout out for some of our favorite places, and these could be local places we've been to before. My shout out today, Maddie J's Bakery in Celine. I just. I've been going there for two years. I love the sandwiches there. I love the staff. I love the baked goods. I loved it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staring at some right now. Yeah, those look delicious, and I'm surprised we have not eaten them on mic. Well, yeah, I just didn't know how that would sound. We're professionals. <laughs> we would never do that. We will. We will. We've been drinking beer this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> we were drinking, uh, this is a Tilted Earth Winter IPA by Arbor Brewing Company. It's very good. 
as Calvin finishes his can. Who is your who's your local like what's your local or not even local? What's your restaurant you want to give a shout out to? Um, it's actually not a restaurant. Oh, um, hey, it's, kind of, it's a local business though. Hey, um, but it fits in with the nerdy um, vibe of this podcast. Um, it is the Vault of Midnight store in Harbor, Michigan. Um, it's uh, so comic book shops. Uh, they're they're kind of a dime a dozen, I think, but this one is really set itself apart. They've got a very unique uh, vibe to them. Um, the staff are incredibly knowledgeable in the music that they play in the store. I don't think I've ever known the name of like one of the bands that have been playing, which I think is great. It exposes me to new music. But they don't do just comics. They do uh, board games, which I'm really passionate about. Um, that's, that's one of my nerdy things is board games. And um, they do graphic novels. They do D&D. They do models and stuff like that. So definitely worth checking out. I'm sure anyone that's listening to this has been there or has heard of it. <laughs> Uh, but they have locations in a lot of places in Michigan. I think they're in Detroit and Plymouth as well as in Arbor. So definitely check that out. All right. Well, speaking of that, we are going to go ahead and roll for initiative and catch you all next time on this podcast is for nerds. Not right. 844. <laughs> do I hit stop or do I erase everything? Uh, yeah, just erase everything. Oh.